0: The College Game Day podcast is presented by Old Dominion Freight Line, helping the world keep promises. We got a real simple plan: one me and one mission. Georgia has won the national championship. Touchdown! If you're a fan, you might think this is sports heaven. This might be college football heaven.
1: This is ESPN's College Game Day podcast. Now, alongside Pete
0: Thamel, is Reese Davis. It is Halloween, and there are tricks or treats, and this is an emergency college game day podcast for Halloween Day, 2022. After we finished recording the initial podcast a few hours later, both embroiled in our days, and the inevitable finally happened. It was not a question of if, but when, and the when is today. Brian Harson
2: fired out at Auburn, Pete. Well, Reese, uh, I think this day was imminent from the day that the university announced its inquiry in February into Brian Harson's uh, into the rumors about allegations that were completely untrue and unfounded. Um, basically, that Auburn showed their cards at that point when they decided to run that inquiry into Brian Harson based on no evidence and no reality that they didn't want him as the coach. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, they essentially sent this season off the rails as a sacrificial lamb. They killed this recruiting class. Now, look, a new coach can come in and it's a new world with the portal, but they are at last check, either last or second to last in the SEC in recruiting right now. So essentially Auburn so badly wanted to get rid of Brian Harson that they have sacrificed a year, essentially a season in a year of football in order for this moment to come. So the moment is here. This is not a surprise. When we look back at the great moments of Auburn dysfunction, <laughs> you think about JetGate, obviously. I do think this uh, non-lay affair Harson would probably be among the top moments of Auburn dysfunction because it's pervasive. This isn't just a crazy AD or crazy booster. This went right from the top of the administration and swept all the way through. And, um- uh, yeah, look, no. you you grew up in Alabama. This it, your your wife went to Auburn. This none mm. of this is new to you no. as it is uh, as it is no. unfolded. I'll be curious your your take on it.
0: Well, it's it's sort of par for the course, and I've said this many times. There are wonderful, wonderful people at Auburn. A ton of them. But there are also people who have clout, and that has moved around as to which group or a group of boosters or a cabal of boosters or whatever. It's moved around the power structure from time to time. But they are always they always have to have their bidding done one way or the other, and they will resort to various means to ensure that that happens. What happened to Brian Harson in the offseason was disgraceful. I mean, despicable. You don't want him? Pay the man his money. I mean, you end up having to do it anyway. Just just say, you know what? We didn't want this and send him on his way. Instead, they, you know, they did something nefarious and unfair. And, you know, if it if somehow and it won't, but if somehow it's proven that they had grounds for that and couldn't prove it, then I'll apologize. But right now, I won't. I thought it was disgraceful what they what they did to him. And, you know, he stood tall through it, did the best he could. You know They lost a bunch of double-digit leads, too, so he, he's not without blame here, mm-hmm. but I don't think it had risen on the field to be the level of a fireball offense. They just didn't want it. Now they're going to go after somebody else, and they've got their new AD, John Cohen from Mississippi State, and <laughs> fitting that they play this week, right, to yes. Auburn and Mississippi State yeah. and see how, uh, how Cohen's going to dress this week, but at least he doesn't <laughs> have to go in and doesn't have to go in and fire the coach right off the bat. So uh, they did that for him, and now he will, I'm sure, with um, plenty of influence from others, will make the next coaching hire. And it, it begs the question as to whether this will be an autonomous decision or as, as much as these things are uh, by the new athletic director or whether, or whether he's in place as some past Auburn athletic directors have been to do the bidding of, of what's asked. And, you know, it's an interesting thing.
2: Yeah. And, and I think Reese in in that regard, I'm sure that Alan Green was given all the assurances, right. You know, you can go, you can go back all the way, uh, all all the way through, Um, you know, it's, it's just, they'll give John Cohen autonomy until the first thing goes wrong. And it, it will be interesting to see with a new president there, President Roberts, who is a lifelong Auburn guy. He, you know, went. I think he's a Notre Dame grad, chemical engineer, um, but has been at Auburn for a long time. It'll be interesting to see if this time is any different. Um, I don't have any like glaring reasons to think it would be, but as as we pointed on this podcast, I tend to trend a little bit cynical. Um, I don't think John Cohen, who you know is a former head baseball coach at both Kentucky and Mississippi State. Um, I think he's a pretty strong person. Like this isn't this isn't let's hire the interim and 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 boss him around and do what mm-hmm. we want again. Mm-hmm. And I do think that is a statement from Auburn. I will say this for as badly as Auburn has mishandled the past seven or eight months um, from the top of the administration on down, I do think the last seventy two hours have actually played out pretty well and given a little dollop of hope for the future. Um, they, you know, very deftly, brought Cohen in um they they had swung and missed on a few other big fish when they did get Cohen so they went after real candidates to be their athletic director they got a guy who knows the SEC is familiar with the SEC and knows up close all the issues he's going to be facing because he's been in the same division of them as the AD for seven years but he's also been the baseball coach when John Cohen was a baseball coach at Mississippi State and you'd go to football practice he was there every time it was almost Mm -hmm. like he was a football assistant he was around when Mullen was the coach quite a bit um and he grew up in Tuscaloosa. He obviously knows and really understands the dynamics of of, of SEC football. So when you look at not ha- you know hiring Cohen and doing fairly deftly, not at, you know they hired a search firm from the outside to run the search. They hire a qualified, competent, strong athletic director, and then the president very deftly today. I think everybody was surprised at the moment. The, the Harson news dropped. They, they very cleanly part ways with Brian as clean as you can. Now, again, they're eating fifteen point five million dollars uh, over seven and a quarter of which I guess is going to be due within 30 days. So it'll be good Thanksgiving at the Harrison house. Once the pain of losing the job goes over, cause that's mm-hmm. a, that's as good of a, that's as, that's as, that's as swift and stiff as an exit fee as, as you're going to, you're, you're going to see in the, uh, in the short term, especially the within 30 days part. And then they, you know, they they will announce on Monday night that John Cohen officially is the AD and they can just kind of push on and, uh, and, and move on. Um, I think two things worth noting here, and, and this triggered in my mind because of the because uh, the buyout. One is people are like, why are they paying Brian Harson so much money? Well, it's the school's reputation that demanded it pay that much money because they saw what happened to Gus Malzahn. They saw the quick hook on Gene Chesik. They have seen the rampant dysfunction for two decades at Auburn. So you have to guarantee a giant part of a long contract because people know how notorious you are for a quick hook. So that's sort of Auburn paying for its sins. Now, why did Auburn hire Brian Harson? Because when they went after Steve Sarkeesian, Billy Napier, and Brent Venables, they said, "No thanks, I don't want those mm-hmm. problems." And they all went and got very good jobs, um, in you know, better jobs, quite frankly, in 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 other places. And so, this is where Auburn is. And I think some of the steps they've taken: a strong AD, an outside search firm. Our, our acknowledgements of boy, we've messed this thing up. To a pretty to a pretty high level, and we can't trust the outside forces—the Jimmy Rains, the Raymond Harbors, the Bobby Louders—the the the names that have sort of swirled around that program and had varying levels of, uh, of of influence. And you know, Bruce Pearl was obviously very public about wanting Rich McGlynn, and well, Bruce Pearl should—he's gotten in boatloads of trouble. He's had assistant coaches arrested, and he's still the Auburn coach. So I would want the guy who's been my administrative asbestos to be my boss too. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. It's true. true. I mean, it's, it's all true. true. Yeah. Yeah. So he, here we are with here we are with Auburn pushing forward and there's an outside voice and a voice that on paper is positioned and wired to push back at the forces. But yeah. I, again, I trend a little cynical. We joke about that sometimes on the podcast. There's there's no way I'm saying, oh, it's a new day for Auburn and everything's changed. No way. You you yeah. need to put in a decade of goodwill to to reverse those reputations. Um is enough change there, Reese? And is the hire of Cohen enough to lure a brand name head coach?
0: Yes, but it's not just that. It's because every coach who would want a job like that thinks that they're strong enough, good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, people will like them enough that they will be able to overcome all those problems. Um, now, I didn't work with some of those guys that you mentioned. I don't know uh, for sure if it was because they sense that. Uh, Alan didn't have the support from the power brokers there. Um, You know, I've I've made it no secret. I'm very friendly with Alan Green. Think the world of him. Think that he is, even despite the Auburn uh, situation, that he's still um, a powerful force, a rising star in the industry. But, you know, and he... Certainly Brian Harson wasn't necessarily his first choice, but it might have been under other circumstances because he and I talked extensively about that during the hiring process. And he had met Harson several years before that and was wildly impressed with him. And I think he understood the, I don't think I know he understood the challenges of fit. Um, but how much of those things that you've talked about, how much have they contributed uh to the difficulty that That Alan had, the difficulty that Brian Harson had, and how much of that will be alleviated now that they have seen that again, I don't know how many times you have to burn your hand on the stove, but they've seen again that this causes them problems. Obsession with Alabama causes you problems. You can, you can aspire to beat them. That's great. You should do that. That's what every that's what Georgia's done, but Georgia has done it by not overreacting, building their own program by you know finding the right guy and put it, pooling the resources behind it and having the goal of not just beating Alabama, but of uh, aspiring to something larger. And Auburn's potential is evident because through all the dysfunction, through all of it, uh, they won a national championship with Gene Chiswick. They played for one and came within, what, 13 seconds of winning another one under Gus Malzon, and came a game away from getting into the playoff in all likelihood in 2017 if they could have beaten uh, Georgia for a second time, but they, they couldn't. So, you know, they've had success in spite of themselves. And if they get a line, I mean, I think they could have success. And I think a lot of coaches realize that. And I think that there are some prominent coaches, even within the sec who would probably take that opportunity. I, I want to digress just for a second, something completely Completely off topic, um, but I just saw an Instagram post a little while ago from Ole Miss football where they had some video of their head coach Lane Kiffin, and it was set to the music of uh, Separate Ways, which I believe is by Journey. I, that you know, I shouldn't even—I don't even know why I brought that up. That doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about. Wink, wink. But <laughs> it was a, it was an accident, I'm sure. But I was like. I looked at that post and I was like, "Really?" But anyway, uh, well, that, that, he's going to be a target, right? Gonna he, make, he's yes. going to. I'm going to
2: make one more point about Cohen here, and then we'll talk some names if I can play host for a second on you. Sure. This is this is now the forces of Auburn that scared off the you know the other handful of very good coaches the last time. You know, we're wait and see on whether those will change. One thing I do think coaches will be attracted to is the fact that Cohen was a coach. Mm -hmm. Coaches like working for guys who've been coaches because they feel like uh, generally coaches feel like a lot of modern athletic directors are like guys with NBAs who came from the ticket office or their external fundraisers, and they don't understand truly how coaches are wired and what makes coaches tick. Again, is that going to be a huge factor? No, but I do think that is something that makes the Auburn job a little bit attractive is that there's a guy who, who at least they feel like coaches will feel like they can connect to and could connect to
1: coaches in the process. ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group,
2: You mentioned SEC coaches, Reese. I think the two SEC coaches that would be high on Auburn to court list would be Lane Kiffen and would be Mark Stoops. You know, people, a bunch of people text me today, well, why would Lane Kiffen go to uh, go to Auburn? Why would he leave Old Miss? And I think there's a distinct difference between the Auburn job and the old miss job. And I have a lot of respect for the old miss job. Lane's done a wonderful job there. Mm-hmm. I think you can win a national title at Auburn, and I think you can't at Old Miss. And I just think that's why he would go. I think it's that simple. Auburn has done a good job and is really starting to bunker up in getting resources together for NIL. And I think if you ask John Cohen why he leaves and when he gives his initial comments, I think NIL will be a big part of that reason. And then Kentucky, Mark Stoops has done a great job. It's super stable working for Mitch Barnhart's like, uh, you know, putting your investments in bonds, right? It's Mm -hmm. just solid. It's steady. You know, once a decade, he barks at Calipari and the world like freaks out because he's just, uh, (laughs) he's as benign of an athletic director as there is in college athletics. So now, do you trade that for the volatility historically of Auburn? Knowing you have maximized Kentucky football, you passed Bear Bryant. All right. Like, I don't know how much more you can do. Uh, Mm Um, Auburn is not going to be afraid to pay in this cycle. The, the double digit millions is not something they're going to be afraid of. So, um, those, I think those two guys are, uh, you know, are, 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 are factors. And then to go outside of the sport for a second, uh, on his, on his couch in the greater Charlotte area, I think Matt rule would have to be a target that you would have to go after very hard. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, well, I, I was advocating that. USC go after Matt rule. And it became a bit of a running joke on uh, game day that I thought Matt Rule should take all of the jobs, um, <laughs> but uh, that would be, that would be a, a brilliant hire if they, and I know that there is some thought and, and maybe you've even expressed this, that Matt maybe want to take a break and do television for a little while. And I always think it's a really good idea for coaches to do that after they get whacked, but Matt's sort of taken a good portion of this season off, so it might be a little bit different. and Maybe going back to college is is back in his back in his comfort zone. Um, I'll, I'll be really look. I don't I'm, I don't have the inside information that you do. This is nothing more than speculation, wild podcast speculation, and gut feel. I think he's going to be Lane Kiffin. Um, you know, I, I may be wrong um, because you know I know Ole Miss will probably really. Try very hard, do everything they can to convince him that he can win a championship there, and that they will pay him, and they're committed to to whatever he wants there. So, but I th- I think my gut is that will be the number one target, and the and maybe the safety school, as it were, the coaching equivalent of having a safety school in the applications process is probably
2: Hugh Freeze, right? I mean, yes. Yes, I mean, I, I think Hugh Freeze's name would, would be in there. I think if there were other outside candidates or internal candidates, Hugh Freeze may have a better shot. Um, I mm-hmm. don't know anything about the John Cohen-Hugh Freeze dynamic, but I do know right. one was yeah. in Starkville for a while, one was in Oxford for a while, and things did not go well between those schools. Yeah. Um if you remember, not only was there the uh the NCA sanctions that came down during Freeze's time, mm-hmm. uh, but there was also there was also like a nasty NCA case infighting the case of Leo Lewis. It but, yeah. like It was like it was like a three year melodrama, even for like that rivalry is one of the nastiest rivalries in college football. It's just one of like the you hate your neighbor kind of rivalries. And that was a particularly contentious moment during that. So. Uh, look, John Cohen's a smart guy. He's going to be able to look at this analytically. But I would imagine there has to be some, some, just some lingering feelings from that very contentious time.
0: Well, so. that's that's a that's a great point. A lot of times in college sports, bygones will be bygones when it comes to this. You you keep up with the contracts so well. How much is Auburn paying people not to coach, or do we know the real figure on that? Because I I, I think this might. It's my predate Gus. I mean, one of the oddest things to me is that when guys have gotten whacked at Auburn, they don't leave. Man, I mean, lived there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Tommy
2: lived there. yeah. Well, Tommy, yeah. state senator from there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not state senator; he's a, obviously a congressman. Uh, yeah. And I believe he's, his address is still in Auburn. I know he has a place there. It,
0: yeah, he, he has, and, and Chiswick was there for a long time. Chiswick's kids went to school there. Uh, maybe Terry Bowden was the la- last guy to bounce up and uh, bounce out. And maybe since you bring up, and maybe Terry. Ryan Arson might water. already
2: be in a U-Haul, by the way. Yeah, he so. probably is. <laughs> I don't think yeah. he's sticking
0: around. The no, I don't think village. he'll stick around
2: either. But <laughs> He might be thing, in Oklahoma by now.
0: I, I don't know if Lane Kiffin will t- be offered a job, if he'll take the job or not, but I want to offer him since you brought up Tuberville. One really sound piece of advice: Whatever you do, when you're asked about this lane, do not utter the following phrase/sentence. The only way they're ta- taking me out of Ole Miss is in a pine box. Just don't do that. that
1: Tommy, is Tuber- fair.
0: Tommy Tuberville did that, and then shortly thereafter was uh, apparently. Packed his belongings into a pine box and put them in a U-Haul and went to Auburn. So
2: the river—that was when he was a riverboat gambler at Ole Miss because they would play on Thursdays and he'd onside kick so people would watch. Um, <laughs> 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 There's a joke there about his senatorial career, but I'm not going to make it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I just—it's—it's I, it's an interesting moment, Reese, right now for uh, for Auburn in this time, and I think another facet of Auburn going forward right now. And look, every hire is important. You can never say, cause you're losing. Well, this hire is important. All the hires are important. They're mm-hmm. important every single time, whether you're winning or losing. What makes this moment interesting is that they have like toiled and they have uh sort of like air punched in Sabin's shadow now for 15 years. Is that a long Nick's been in Alabama? Yes. Until um, seven. Oh, seven. Yes. So again, they've obviously flashed during that time they did with cam and uh, and they did they did with Gus. Um, mm. but you're making this hire now, not to topple Nick Saban. You're you're making this hire to build a mousetrap to take over. You hope the SEC West once he steps down. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, and it's what it's what you should always do. Yeah, I mean because if you if you fixate on a, you can use them as a standard in a bar, and the rivalry is always going to be important. But you should always be trying to maximize what you want to accomplish without what? what is the old saying comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And there hasn't been a lot of joy, uh, you know, around Auburn in the last, you know, there's been flashes, the last 15 now 16 seasons since Nick has been at Alabama and, and it's gotten worse for them since Kirby, you know, went to Georgia. So now they have to, they have to concentrate on fixing their program for the long haul and not not coming up with the quick fix, the flash in this pan, the prayer at Jordan hair, the kick six, everybody gets all excited. And then boom, two years later, you're back in the dumper. And, you know, so it's, they have to, they have to make this higher and do it in, in the right way. I noticed, um I noticed one suggestion. Somebody said that there was a, there was a, a coach in the American that's having a really good season of good offense. Uh, and heck they're already, they're already paying him. Maybe they bring Gus back. <laughs> you know, I mean,
2: Gus, Gus might win the American on his
0: way to the Big 12. <laughs> uh,
2: they are not gonna bring Gus back. I, gonna... That would be double dipping, is uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I uh you know, I really think that uh yeah, I don't think the list is 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 that long. A, A a name, if there had been sort of internal candidates at Auburn, a name that'll bounce around is Jeff Grimes. He's kind of an old guard name there. He Mm -hmm. was well-regarded there when he was an O-line coach. He's done well at Baylor as the OC. Um, I think there would have to be a lot of chaos to get to him, but people at Auburn do like Jeff Grimes. Uh, That's been been articulated to me a couple times from a couple different places, and that would be like their Sam Pittman moment, Mm -hmm. where they bring in maybe a slightly anonymous guy, They load up the staff with, uh, you know, with high paid coordinators, they ramp up NIL and they, and they go, uh, and and they go that way. That would probably be the, uh, you know, the, the, the best shot. Um, you know, I'd be curious, uh, about Bill O'Brien, um, I don't think he'll be back one way or another at Alabama next year. I think he'll he'll get a job. Look, the guy's been an NFL head coach. He's been outlandishly yeah. successful. Yeah. He's done two years there and done great work. If you look at Bryce young and in, in that Alabama offense, uh, certainly been the highest of high end. Um, is that a great cultural fit? Probably not. To be honest, you know, Bill O'Brien is, uh, Bill O'Brien sounds like me. Cause he's from the same part of the world. And, uh, I've always said about the Auburn job. You need to have a little back slap in you. Um, mm. Now, Bill Bryan's a nice guy, but he's not a southern charmer. Uh, you know, Brian Harson does not have any backslap in him. And mm-hmm. I would have said that, you know, while he was at Boise. He's a mm-hmm. he's a hard nose, looks straight ahead. Um, you know, there there isn't a lot of uh there aren't a lot of soft edges uh there. So, but I think when you're just talking about from a pure coaching standpoint, I think Bill O'Brien, from the way he coached and recruited at Penn State, the way he now understands how to build an infrastructure from working for Saban for two years, I think that's a I think that's a viable good name. I mean, on accomplishment, Bill O'Brien is far more accomplished than Matt Rule. Now, is he as good of a fit? Probably not. But you know, one was a successful multi-time playoff uh, NFL head coach. And in uh, Bill O'Brien, although the Penn State results weren't outstanding because of the circumstances, they were viewed to be, uh, you know, the record was just the record. But mm-hmm. because of the circumstances there at the time in the wake of the, the Sandusky uh, atrocities, um, you know, the, the work he did as a football coach there was generally viewed as uh, as as outstanding considering the circumstances. So, uh, anybody else? Any other horses, Reese? Well, I don't
0: know. I agree with that. But the one thing I will say about rule is. Taking over Temple and taking over Baylor and yeah. turning them into winners—that's that's pretty stout
2: in its own right too. Yes, he's probably I mean, I know better. Baylor had been good, yes.
0: but then you know they fell off the cliff because of the Bryles problems, yeah. and then he brought them back. So.
2: That's probably more applicable experience.
0: Yeah, to, because I, mean, look, I don't know that Auburn's in that dire straits right now. They're, they're pretty the bad. Portal, they can fix. They are. They are bad. But they've been until recently been largely competitive, but if the interim coach bump means anything and apparently it does, because I mean, I'm going to bring up a weird reference, Charlotte over rice. Oh yeah. Yes. Saturday. I mean, I, you might want to bet the farm on Auburn against Mississippi state this week. Heck that might be my super dog. I don't know. I mean,
2: uh, see, just, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that expires there. Who I, they did not to, immediately name an interim. Um, and I don't know. We're taping this pretty soon after uh yeah. pretty soon after it happened. Um and I think one of the uh one of the hesitations that Auburn had when they were sort of bandying back and forth on this decision was that there was no interim. And also, Reese, if you're going to put your superdog credibility behind it, there's really no to one to with significant it. play calling experience on that staff on the offensive side of the ball. Because Brian Harson was the head coach and the play caller. Yeah. So I, I was I was being somewhat okay. facetious nope, on that anyway, but um, yeah, no, I, I don't know.
0: It'll be it'll be really fascinating to watch it unfold, and I think we can leave the people with this: not that he wouldn't be a good fit at Arizona State, but you mentioned the U-Haul out of Auburn, Colorado ought to be sending the moving the moving truck to get him there, to get Harson to to Colorado.
2: Absolutely. I mean, that's you know that that would be the adrenaline shot that uh, that they need. And also, if you're Colorado, which just has a, a roster that is underwhelming, and then was gutted by the portal, um, we think about how good Christian Lin, Christian Gonzalez looked playing corner for Oregon that day when we you know mm-hmm. we saw him on the field at Austin. They had they had a lot of high end five or six high-end guys go to other places. Um, that whole thing needs to be rebuilt uh, administratively too, because they they don't have the infrastructure in to keep their best players. And that's a problem when you, uh, you know, when you, when you start to look at the uh, look at the modern landscape, I think, yeah, both Colorado and Arizona state, I, I think would, you know, those would be distinct upgrades from the coaches who are there. Uh, that's for uh, that's for sure. And, Bringing in coaches early at this time, I, I actually we're taping this on Halloween. I believe last year's first hire was made on November first. Um, and that was Clay Helton to Georgia Southern. So it's, you know, not outlandish that a Tom Herman or Brian Harson could land at one of these places and go hit the ground running. It'll be
0: fascinating to watch emergency podcasts. It's our first of the season, but there might be more because this is this is when folks start getting fired and hired. So
2: yes. I think the, uh, it is emergent season for emergencies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's been it. Brian Harson out officially, finally, uh, at Auburn. And now the Tigers will turn the page. This has been the College Game Day Podcast emergency edition for Halloween. You can download it wherever you like to get podcasts.